Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying. You know, I think first as we look at this, we should discuss angels. That we begin there just to discuss angels, that we are people who believe in angels. The scientific and the psychological community would say right there, there's something wrong with us. We believe in beings that are normally invisible to us, agents as it were. And what do those agents do? What are we told in Scripture that the work of angels is? Well, we've seen throughout these four weeks of discussing the various songs of Advent that angels are messengers of the Word of God, messengers to bring the knowledge of what God is doing to humankind. We saw in that first week an angel, Gabriel, coming to Simeon, I mean to Zechariah, to tell him that Elizabeth was going to bear a son, John, the forerunner, the one who would prepare the way for the coming of Messiah. Gabriel was also then sent to Mary to announce to her the good news that God was going to use her to bring forth this miracle, this incredible event, this change of history, this fulfillment of all the prophecies that were ever made about the Messiah, the one who was to come. And today the angel comes again to a hillside outside of Bethlehem, to the least and to the lowliest of humankind, those who were rejected and outcast. Because, face it, if you were out on a hill taking care of sheep, you didn't take a bath much, and you smelled a lot like the sheep, and people didn't want you around. And the angel came to speak to them. What are some of the things, the other things that angels do that we know from scriptures? Well, we know also from the book of Revelation, it will be the angels who execute and assist in the final judgment. We know that the angels come and are surrounding and taking care of believers. We know that the angels are visible and invisible in worship, as Paul has said. We've entertained angels and not even known it. Angels. Agents of God. And there is a multitude of them. How many, Scripture does not say. It says thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and told his disciples to put up his sword, do you not know, he said, that I could call 12 legions of my Father's angels. That's 72,000 at one time. A vast number of the heavenly host. We saw in Jacob's dream their ascent and descent upon the earth to minister God's needs and care for all of his saints. Angels. We believe in unseen beings. We believe in those who surround the throne of God. We are given glimpses in the scriptures of what they do and of some of their songs. A glimpse in the book of Isaiah where they cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And in Revelation, we are given a bit vision of their song there that they sing, Blessing and honor, glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. So what did this song sound like? What was its music that night on this hill to the least and the lonely. 
You know, we don't know. Isn't it interesting that that song came to shepherds? It didn't come to Caesar. It didn't come to Herod. It didn't come to palace musicians who recorded it. It came to shepherds. A song of the angels. And many throughout the ages have tried to capture this song. Bach, Handel, Beethoven, Mozart, you name it. All the greats have written glorias. These words that the angels have spoken in different settings to try and capture what that moment must have been like. That the multitude of the heavenly host responded to the message that the angels, that the shepherds received, a message of grace and peace. Let's look first at that message. Let's look at what was taking place that night as we come upon this text. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Wouldn't we be terrified? The glory of the Lord shone around them. Remember in the Old Testament when Moses would go up onto Mount Sinai to be in communion with God when he would come down off the mountain from being in God's presence. God's glory would be reflected in Moses' face so strong that the people asked that he veil his face because they couldn't stand to look at it. Also, he did it so that they wouldn't see that it would be lost over time, that it would dim, and so that they wouldn't lose hope. The glory of the Lord shone around these simple shepherds, these people out on hillsides tending their flocks. What a surprise that must have been that night for them. You know, the Magi were people who studied the skies, who looked for signs and wonders, constantly hoping to see something, as astronomers do now. They study the skies not to be surprised, but to find something that hasn't been found before. But these shepherds, these shepherds were caught by surprise. This wasn't part of their normal everyday life. The glory of the Lord shining around them, an angel speaking to them to bring them news. No wonder they were afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, angels always seem to say that in Scripture to whoever they appear to. Do not be afraid. Where does fear come from in our lives? Why are we afraid when an angel appears, when the glory of the Lord shines around us? Well, it's because of our original problem. It's because of sin. In the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, what was the first thing they did? They hid themselves. And when God came looking for them, what did Adam say? I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid myself because I was afraid. You see, that's what sin does to us. We so don't realize it's, it's such a part of us in our lives that we have never lived without it. We don't know what it's like to not be afraid. You know, as you watch the news, I'm watching it yesterday, it's interesting, it just seems like story after story after story is just about things that aren't going well and problems that are happening and things that just cause fear in our lives. Fear of the unexpected, fear of the unknown, fear of what the future will hold. What must it have been like to live at a time when there was no fear? 
to have been in the garden, to walk with God, to talk with God, to know without a doubt we were loved and embraced and comforted. And here this angel brings this news to these shepherds once again. This news that there is going to be hope. Don't be afraid. God is coming. Coming to bring something to you. Coming to change the situation. Coming to bring comfort and peace in the world again. Don't be afraid. For I bring you good tidings, good news of great joy that will be for all people. Do you remember back when we discussed Mary in the songs? That good news, this angel is using those words, the good news that is proclaimed. In opposition, as we talked about, a Caesar Augustus who would go through the realm proclaiming the good news that Caesar reigns, that Caesar was the bringer of peace, that Caesar was the savior of the world. This angel proclaims, this is the good news. God reigns. God is the Savior. God brings peace. Don't be afraid. The news is incredible. The news is astounding. The news will change your lives forever. And it is news of great joy that will be for all people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The Savior of the world. The one who is the true bringer of peace. The one who brings to us the words we do not need to be afraid anymore. Jesus came to remove our sin. To take away that which we could not take away. To restore a relationship with God that was lost in the garden. A relationship of love and comfort and joy and peace and his presence with us. How often we go through life just gripped by fear. You know, it reminds me so much of my kids when they were in high school. How many nights they'd go out to do something and you live in anxiety hoping that they get home on their own. Hoping that nothing will happen to them while they're out there. And that anxiety keeps going until the door opens and they walk in. What do we do with that anxiety in life? Not just for our children, but for so many things. What do we do? How do we cope? Well, we have to entrust it to the one who is able. One of the things that I had to learn, I had this conversation with somebody this week. One of the things I had to learn so hard was, could I, sitting in my living room in a chair... Could I control their cars? Could I control other cars? Could I control anything out there? Did I have that power? No. The only thing I could do was entrust them to the one who had that power. Entrust them to God. And then the fears come over your head again and you start thinking, well, what about somebody else? What about somebody who's not watching? What about somebody who's maybe had too much to drink, and somebody else, and all those other things. Yes, I've entrusted my kid, but what about the other person? And then you have to come down to this to realize, is sin, is brokenness, is suffering in this world, is any of that stronger than the power of our God? You see, that's the good news that they're bringing to these shepherds. 
that as God is coming into the world as a savior, sin does not have the power over him. The devil does not have the power over him. He's coming to vanquish these things to show that the true reign is with Christ. His power, his glory, his love, and his sacrifice. Good news. Hope for the world. No wonder the angels responded and the multitude of the heavenly host praised God, saying words to praise God, that God, unlike Caesar, did not come to annihilate, did not come to crush, did not come to destroy, but came to bring peace and life and love and hope. They told shepherds. They told people who were outcasts. They started with those who had no hope, who had no acceptance. They started with those who would bring the message to others. It would be credible. It would be listened to by the common people. If it had been heralded from a king, from another person, from a palace, it would have just been another notice. But those who were on the hillside, those who had seen, those who had wondered, those who had heard, took that message where they went. They didn't wake up after this vision and say, oh, Isaac, what was in that grog? I had a vision. What, what just happened? I, I'm not sure. Let's just go back to sleep. No, what does it say they did? When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You see, these common, simple, outcast people heard the message of the angel, acted upon it, went to see, found the Messiah, rejoiced at his birth, and couldn't help but tell the news. The news that one had come to bring peace, that fear was gone, that there was a Savior to redeem Israel. They told anyone who would listen. They told anyone who stopped. And people were amazed at the words that they said. They saw something that night in a song. They saw those heavenly hosts praising God for this event. Those who, as the songs say, watch with wondering eye. Those who don't understand why God, the one who they surround, the one who they worship, the one who they give glory to, would come to earth to become human, to become like men. The salvation of men is something that they look at and can't understand. That God would give up his throne and his glory to come down to earth to save us. Didn't Paul say things that angels long to look at? We have heard and we have seen and we know the hope that comes through those words. Fear not. God is with us. The angels sang a song that night, a song that we will never know till we come into their presence in heaven. What did it sound like? 
What was it like? What did the shepherds think as they heard it? Did it fill them with joy and wonder? Did it fill, fill them with awe and respect? Were they for a moment transfixed with the glory of heaven surrounding them, praising a God who was doing incredible things, impossible things in the world in which they lived? The words were simple, but the words gave praise to the one who was, who is, and who is to come. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus came to give us his favor, to give all who believed on his word the power, as the scriptures say, to become the sons, the children of God, to give them the promise of salvation, the promise of peace, the promise of life, the promise fulfilled that night in Bethlehem. May we ever hear the song of the angels and wonder, too, at that message. And may we, like the shepherds who heard that night, carry still the good news of our Savior, the Messiah who has come into this world to bring peace in the midst of fear, to bring hope in the midst of darkness, to bring life to those who lived in death. The message still comes. The message still resounds. The message is for us today.